About 15 years ago, I was in a place I probably shouldn't have been, doing a thing I probably shouldn't have been doing. Again. Man, this one wasn't so bad. It wasn't like the other ones. I, was, I went to see a local band that I really like, man, and they were doing a concert show down there in Bowling Green, and I, was, I just went to see them play, and the opening band went, and they were pretty good, and it was actually in between shows. I actually never got to see the band that I wanted to see play. Um, because in between the shows, I was over talking to some friends of mine from down there, and then uh, all of a sudden I look over across the room, and there's this lady over there that's yelling at my wife. I mean, yeah, I mean, screaming, you know, bloody murder and throwing things and calling her everything but a child of God and just, uh, you know, doing all that stuff. And I was like, oh, God, this angel's about to kill this girl. All right. <laughs> Some of y'all knew my wife from beforehand, and, you know, it was about to turn out bad for this little girl. And so, anyway, so I started over there. But before I got over there, uh, this guy, like, runs up, and he gets in my wife's face and starts cussing her like a dog. And I guess he was with that girl or whatever. And, and so I come walking over there. I'm like, ah. So I walk over there as fast as I can get there, man. And I walk up, and I'm like, hey, first off, watch your mouth. And second of all, that's my wife. And this guy proceeds to start telling me all the things and accolades that he's achieved in his life. I'm a Marine, and I served four tours in Iraq, and I've been, you know, accommodated for hand-to-hand, and I'm an MMA fighter. And I was like, look, buddy, let's stop right there. I was like, I don't care if you're Mike Tyson. Maybe with some expletives added, but that's a whole other life. I don't care if you're Mike Tyson. That's my wife. You need to understand that I'm willing to fight for my wife. See, this is a relationship I'm willing to fight for. And I don't care if this guy's going to beat me like a bass drum. It matters not to me. If he's going to leave me blaying in a pile of my own blood, I don't care. Because I'm willing to fight for it. I'm willing to bleed for it. I'm willing to hurt because this relationship means so much to me. I'm willing to fight for my wife. I'm willing to fight for my friends. I'm willing to fight for my family. I'm willing to fight for every single person in this room because our relationship means enough for me to be willing to fight for. I'm willing to fight for my relationship with God in a world that keeps trying to tear it away from me every opportunity that it gets. But you know, way too often, the fight is not as simple as some, th- some tough guy that thinks that he's gonna start some trouble. Boy, wouldn't it be cool if that was as easy as it got, if that was as hard as it got, some tough guy that thinks he's somebody that we could just go knock him out and the fight would be over. Unfortunately, it's not that easy because too often we don't do battle against, power, against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places. We, we, we don't fight a physical battle. We have to fight a spiritual battle. I mean, we have to fight a battle that, that is fought on our knees and in worship and in prayer and in all the places that it's hardest for us as people to go. More than that, even the battle that I have to fight most often to fight for a relationship with my wife to fight for a relationship with my family, to fight for a relationship with my children, with my, with my friends, with my church. The, the battle that I have to fight most often happens right here. Right here. I mean, this is where I'm fighting all the time. Because the battle that I, that I have to fight, the battle that's really raging against me is not some big fist fight. The battle that I'm having to fight is the battle of whether I'm going to gain or whether I'm going to give. The, the, the battle that I have to fight is whether I'm going to focus on my selfishness or on my sacrifice. The battles that I have to fight are waged right in my own heart and right in my own mind. But guys, we've got to be willing to fight those battles too. You know, some people think it's the epic war that makes all the difference in the world. But, but I'm here to say I don't think that's the case, man. I think more important are the little things that we do every single day. The little things when we choose to give instead of take. The little things when we choose to forgive instead of hate. The little things when we choose to invest in somebody that we love. Yeah. 
The word relationship means the connection that people have with one another. And so when we talk about relationship struggles today, we're really talking about the struggle to be connected to one another. I mean, we live in a world that is more connected than ever before. I mean, we've got the social media and the interweb and the video chats and all the stuff, but somewhere in the midst of all that connection, we got disconnected. We got disconnected. The word relationship has been reduced down to a level where it doesn't even mean anything anymore. Let me read this scripture, man. Stand with me for the reading of God's word. The book of Romans in chapter 12, starting in verse 9, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation today because I need you guys to just hear this and understand it without any transcribing. This is what the Word of God says. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. I don't think I can drill it down much more simple than that. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Love each other with a genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on doing what? Father, we come to you today praising your holy name. God, praying that the power of your love would change us. God, we want to change the world, but we know that we can't change the world if we don't let you change us. So let the change start here. I want to see different, so help me be different. God, we want to have real relationships. God, so help us to have a real relationship, most importantly, with you. And then let that be the model that dictates everything else that happens in our life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give God a shout of praise at the way, church, can we? <clears throat> oh... Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. I mean, what does it mean to be a friend anyway? I mean, that's another word that we've just reduced down to a level where it literally means nothing. I mean, what's it mean to be a friend? I mean, does it mean that you clicked a little like button beside my picture? It's like, oh, I'm his friend now. I had somebody from church text me the other day and they... Um, asked me a question. They were like, hey, pastor, so this, there's this guy and he wants to start this thing and I'll have to work directly with him and have to do all this stuff. And, and I was just wondering if you could tell me anything about him. And I was like, okay. I was like, what well, says your friends on Facebook? I was like, okay, what's his name? And she told me his name and I was like, yep, nope. Doesn't look familiar. Means nothing to me. And so I did what we do, right? I got on the, the Facebook, right? And I was Facebook stalking this guy. But it's not really Facebook stalking because we're friends. And so I was looking at my, my friend's profile on the Facebook. And so I Facebook stalked this guy, let's just be honest. And I bring up the picture of his profile and I'm looking at his picture. And I'm like, yep, nope. So this guy is my friend. I have no idea who this guy is. I've never heard his name before that I know of. His face literally does not look familiar to me at all. I have no idea who this person is, except out there to the whole world, it says that we're friends. I don't know this person. Matter of fact, I've got thousands and thousands and thousands of Facebook friends. I have no idea who these people are. And yet they're recorded as being my friend. And so what does it mean to be a friend, right? In the world today, it literally means nothing. Nothing. 
Let me tell you this truth. If you're friends with everybody, you're friends with nobody. Let that sink in. Because literally the definition of a friend is somebody that you do life with, somebody that means something to you. If you're friends with everybody, then you're not friends with anybody because that word doesn't mean anything anymore. That word doesn't have any power in your life or in the world around you anymore. It means nothing. It means nothing. We live in a world that's trying to destroy intimacy. We live in a world that's trying to destroy intimacy. Because if, if, if it's really easy to have all these shallow relationships, then that, makes ha- that means having a deep relationship is all but impossible. It's all but impossible. And it means nothing to us. It means nothing to us. And if we can't have a real intimate relationship with the people around us that we can see and touch and feel and hear, how in the world could we ever have an intimate relationship with a God that we can't see, that we can't touch, that we can't feel? And so the world wants to destroy intimacy in your life. It wants to destroy intimacy in your life. It wants to take away the opportunity for you to have anything real in your life. And the next scripture goes on to say this. It says, love with a genuine affection. Love with a genuine love. Don't love with something fake, man. Love with something, something real. We always want to withdraw without investing. In every relationship that we have, we don't see what we can get out of it without really putting anything into it. Does that work in any other context in any part of life? Can you roll up to a bank and be like, hey, I'd like to make a withdrawal? And they'd be like, okay, do you have an account? Mm-mm. Okay, have you ever invested anything here? Mm-mm. Okay, so are you robbing us right now? Is that what's happening? Because, I mean, look, if you try to withdraw without investing... At best, it's insufficient funds. At worst, it's a robbery. And so why would we think that that would be okay in other relationships that we have in our life? Why would we think it would be okay to try to suck the life out of somebody without ever putting any in? Why would we think it would be okay to be a vampire for love and suck the life out, suck the love out of people and cast their dead carcass to the side without ever investing anything into them? And if the relationships in your life mean something to you, invest in them. Invest in them. In, in, invest in them and, and, and you'll get a real return. It might not happen right away. You might have to invest for a while before you see a return, but that's the way life works, isn't it? But no, 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 it's not good enough for us, man. We want immediate affirmation, don't we? We want immediate affirmation. We want it right now. I mean, if we feel like we need to be seen, Instead of going to that relationship where we should be seen by the people around us, and instead, instead of asking our, our spouse to put down their, their phone and look at us for a minute, instead of asking our kids to stop because we need to connect with them for a minute like that, instead of doing any of those things in any of the real relationships we have, if we, need, if we feel like we need to be seen, what will we do? I'm really going to take a picture. This is going to be hilarious, dude. <laughs> oh no, I got gotta get people in the background. Be like that lady in the video, right? We'll take a selfie. A posed selfie, of which we may have to take two or three or twenty-seven takes. Then we put a filter on it. 
So I can get rid of these iced tea wrinkles that I got on my forehead, right? Yes, I know, I look like iced tea, it's fine. So I'll get rid of my iced tea wrinkles with a filter. And then I gotta put a background, right? Because sitting in the living room is not good enough for anybody. You see what I did at first? I took a picture up here, but the cross of Christ in the background wasn't good enough. I had to get some people in the background so people could think that I had some folks. You gotta change the background. Then you gotta come up with a really cool caption, right? You gotta caption it with something cool, like, like that lady did in the video, man, chilling with my besties. You know, church with my church, for whatever, man. And then we post that online because we feel like we need to be seen. We post it online because we feel like we need to be seen. And guess what? For just a minute. Well, but what's the first thing we do after that, though? You got to go back. Yeah, you got to Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, man, you got to go back and see if people liked it. And based on the number of little hearts that you got, you can determine your self-worth. Oh, oh that's ugly. But that's what we do. And it works for a little while. We feel affirmed for a little while. Or if we feel like we need to be heard, this one's even worse. If we feel like we need to be heard, we don't go to a trusted person that we love, like a spouse or a friend or a pastor or a worship leader or somebody in the church that we have a connection with or somebody in our family that we have a connection with. We don't go to those people and tell them what we need to tell them. What do we do? We go on Facebook Live. Because I've got something that I've got to say about whatever or whoever that I want to say it about. And all of a sudden, you feel like you've been heard, don't you? You feel like you've been heard. Of course, there's consequences to all that stuff. That stuff will come back and bite you at the end. But just for a minute, we feel like we've been heard. So what we're doing is we're trading in a, the meeting of a short-term need, but we're sacrificing. We're sacrificing the satisfaction of a long-term deep need. Where you're meeting that shallow need. Uh, there's a sociological term for it. I had it in my notes before I threw my iPad away. It's, it's called deferred loneliness. It's called deferred loneliness. Like I feel lonely right now, but I'm going to get some fake togetherness with people so that I won't have to feel lonely really till later. Right? But really it comes down to this. It's immediate affirmation. I need to feel good. I need to feel good right now. And you know what that's caused? It's caused fentanyl to be the number one cause of death amongst our young people right now. It's caused families to be destroyed by pornography and infidelity. It's caused people to lose everything that they have trying to meet a need that they want to meet right now, trying to fix a hurt that they want to fix right now because we're more interested in now than we are real. But I'm telling you that when it comes to the comparison, real pale, a real now pales in comparison to real. Because real's lasting and real matters and real means something. Just like fast food is a, is a pale comparison to a real meal. It's one thing I won't miss on this fast. And so fake relationships pale in comparison to what you're provided in a real relationship. And so in the scripture there, it says this. It says, don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. But if you've got a relationship in your life that means something, work for it. Work for it. Don't just expect it to happen on its own, man. If your marriage means something to you, invest in it. Work for it. Man, put something into it. If it matters to you, invest something in it. 
Invest your time, invest your talent, invest your treasure, man. Take that girl out to dinner, come on. Last night, me and Angela went to the Texas Roadhouse, and it was so good. I'm going to miss meat so bad for the next 21 days. But I got a steak and some ribs, and I was so happy. But you know what meant more to me in that moment than all the steak in the world? That's right, buddy. Than all the steak in the world is that moment I got to share with my wife. And I, t- I told her the same thing when I was looking in her eyes right there. I said, you know what matters to me most about this whole thing is you. Because we don't get to do that very often. We got six kids and two crazy families. <laughs> and a whole church full of crazy people that we love. And so we don't get to do that very often. So that moment meant something to me. And I was willing to fight to get to that moment. I watched all them crazy toddlers and stuff at the house by myself so she could go do the church stuff so that we could arrange things to where we could figure out how to have that moment together. Now, y'all are, not, y'all are taking for granted the, <laughs> the insanity that we had to endure. No, no, but, but it was worth all the fight, man. It was worth all the struggle. It was worth whatever I had to do just to get to that moment with her. Just to get to that moment because she means that much to me. You know, we're doing a couple's devotional right now at home. We're reading through this Bible study book together. And, and, and it was like for, you know, uh, the, the married, wedded, whatever. I forget what it's called, but it's the wrong book. We got the wrong book. So we're going through the first study and it's really cool. We're reading the scripture. And we're like, yeah, that's awesome. We need to take a note of that. That's a sermon right there. We got this. This is cool. Picking out the dress. What is this talking about? scheduling the caterer what is what is going on and so what we've got is we've got a book that's a de- couple's devotional bible study that's like preparing you for your wedding right and so we just kept reading it right and so we didn't stop doing the study like we just kept doing the study and dude we have laughed until we have cried i mean we have laughed until we were laughing so hard we couldn't even talk um i still can't get her to put the dress on it's in the closet there <laughs> But the stuff that people think is important in the beginning of a relationship, it shifts gears real, real fast. All of a sudden, all that stuff you thought was going to matter oh so much, it means nothing. And then things that you never even imagined would be on your radar become the most important thing of the whole day and sometimes the whole year. But you got to be willing to invest. And as the markets change, stay with me here. As the markets change, your investment strategy has to change. And so as life begins to change, you have to be willing to change in order to draw the most, uh, you know, the, the most that you can withdraw, the most return that you can get out of the investments you're making in each relationship that you have in your life. But my point is just this, though. If, if a relationship in your life matters to you, you got to be willing to invest in it. If something matters in your life, if your relationship with your spouse matters, invest in it. If your relationship with your kids matters, invest in it. I watch anime now. Yes. Strange Japanese cartoons. I know all their names. And I know the moves that they do. You know why? Because my son likes that stuff. And so since he likes it, guess what? I like it too. It was like pulling teeth at first, but I kind of like it now. But I did that because I wanted to invest in a relationship with him. So when he talks about that stuff, guess who can talk about it with him? I can. Right? Even if nobody else could talk about it with him, I can talk about it with him. And sometimes we talk about this stuff over and over to my wife's looking at us going, what is wrong with you two? <laughs> we have our own language that we can speak, you know? 
because I'm, I was willing to, to make that, that, that change in my life because I wanted to change my investment strategy in order to meet what the market was giving me. And so I did that because I wanted to invest in it. And so if the relationship you have in your life with your family, with your friends, with your church family, with whoever you have around you, if those things matter to you, man, invest in them. If those things matter, be willing to sacrifice some of yourself to pour something into those relationships. Stop trying to take all the time and start trying to give a little bit and see if that doesn't actually give you a better return in the long run. Can somebody say amen? Because these relationships matter. Real relationships matter. In today's world, relationships are too easy come and easy. Yeah, you know, we start a relationship with somebody now. We click the friends like, you know, click the, you know, the friends button. Now we're friends, right? At least back in the day, you had to go talk to somebody. You know, at least back in the day, you had to have some kind of a shared interest if you were going to be friends with somebody. Or you had to have this like moment where you became buddies or whatever it was. There was something that happened. It was some kind of real. And then now in life, if you want to end a friendship with somebody, unfriend them. Or even worse, like the, the super cowardly thing, and I do this, so I'm, 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 I'm being transparent right now. You don't have to unfriend them. You can just unfollow them. So now we're still friends, but I don't have to look at their face on the feed anymore. We can unfollow them. And now all of a sudden, we're not friends. We're, we're, you know, we're friends in word, but we're not friends in deed anymore. And all I had to do was click a button. One time I got this frantic phone call from a church member here, somebody that I love dearly. I'm talking about I love this person with my whole heart. If you know this person, you love this person. And I mean, this is the most tenderhearted, sweetest, most loving individual. And I love this person with everything that I have. There's no way that I could not love this person. And she calls me in tears, just panicking. And she says, I just, I just want to know what I've done to you and why we're not why you don't love me anymore and if you don't want us to come to church anymore we won't go to church anymore I'm just so sorry and I was like what in the heck are you talking about I was like I, I literally like I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm sorry too I'm so sorry I don't know I don't know I don't know what, what, what is going on like I have no idea what you're talking about and she said well you blocked me on the Facebook and then you know, I tried to send you messages and you didn't see my messages and I posted pictures of the grandkids and you didn't like them. And, this is, and she was devastated, devastated, devastated. And I had no idea what she was talking about. None. And so I got my phone out and looked at her. I took, put the phone down and put it on speakerphone. And sure enough, I looked at it and sure enough, she was like blocked or unfollowed or whatever it was on my Facebook. But I didn't do that on purpose. It was just like the time Titus went live in the living room or in the kitchen. Titus was walking around with the phone on Facebook live in the kitchen one time. And I was like mad at the oven. I was like, stupid oven. You know what I mean? And Kenny, Kenny, you know, uh, uh, Kenny called me on the phone and was like, dude, you got to get off the Facebook live right now. You're in there kicking the oven door, man. And people are watching on the Facebook. <laughs> I hate that stupid oven. But look, somehow in my pocket or whatever... This person who I have a real relationship in real life got blocked on the Facebook. And it was as simple as me saying, hey, that's, that wasn't really supposed to happen. That's not real. And then, then clicking the unblock or whatever it is. But here's the deal. Hurt had already happened. You hear what I'm saying? Hurt had already happened 
before it could be rectified. Because we live in a culture that says if I click the unfriend button, that me and this person that I love are no longer friends. That that relationship that we've had for years and years and years now is over because a button got clicked. And that's the kind of culture that we live in. Friends are easy to make. Friends are easy to lose. Because they don't want anything to be intimate. They don't want anything to be real. And then what have we reduced marriage to, right? I mean, is this a covenant that we're making before God? That we're choosing this person, we're going to choose them every day through thick and thin for, for you know, sickness and health, for better or worse, richer or poor? Or is it more like a rental agreement these days? That says, well, I'll keep this one as long as it performs up to the specifications that I want it to perform to. And the minute it doesn't, I'm coming to trade it in. I mean, is that what it's come down to? Because that's what it seems like to me. Oh, I got a divorce. Why did you get a divorce? I wasn't happy. Dude, nobody said you were going to be happy. And here's the other piece of it. If you're not happy, you know whose fault that is? Yours. Happiness is not one of the promises of God. Joy is. But our joy isn't shaken by our circumstances, is it? Our joy is not shaken by our circumstances. Our joy is not dependent on what, about, on what other people do. So, if you have a real relationship in your life, man, invest in it. If you want to end a relationship in your life, have the guts to go up and tell that person. Look them in the face and tell them why. You know why? Because that's real and it means something. And you might just be able to have some reconciliation in that. How in the world are we ever going to have a relationship, a real relationship with God, if we can't have a relationship with the people around us? How? You know what really matters in life? It's just this. That we draw who we are and what we need through the relationship that we have with God. If you try to, as a matter of fact, if... If, if you don't have any access to God in your life, like if you don't, if you don't, if you don't believe at all, then, then I guess take what I said before this as a TED talk and go do the best you can with it. But let me be real honest with you. None of it's going to work and you're just wasting your time. You're never going to be able to invest love into the relationships around you if you don't have a source of love within you. You're never going to be able to. You might have a little, but you're going to run out real quick. You're going to run dry real quick. And all those things are going to turn sour right now because the human version of love is all jacked up and twisted. The only way that, that what I've been telling you for the last half hour or so, the only way it's ever going to mean anything, the only way it's ever going to work in your life is if you have a source of love within you that never runs dry. If you have a source of love that you can invest into the lives around you, that you can always depend on, that you can always grab onto, that you can always know is going to be there. You've got to have this one relationship in your life that you don't have to invest into because all the, all the price, man, all the, 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 everything that was owed has already been paid. Man, when he was hanging on that cross and he said, to tell us die, it is finished. He meant it was paid in full, that, that everything was already done. There's not another thing that you have to do except just receive it and trust in it and believe in it and let the love of God just flow into you. And then once you've got that, then it can flow out of you into the relationships that you have in the rest of your life. And guys, that means something. That's real.
That's something that we can grab onto. That's something that you can count on that's always going to be there. Never have I reached out for God and had him not be there. He's not always given me the answer that I wanted. But he's always been there. He's always been there. I mean, when you can get to that relationship with God like Christ had to where you can come to a hard moment in life, one where you don't agree with what's going on around you and you don't even agree with what God's doing in your life and yet still you can fall on your knees and say, not my will, not my will, but your will be done and mean it. Not for show. Not, 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 not out of, you know, uh, some kind of a basement. Not, none of that stuff, man. I'm talking about mean it. And say, God, I know that you can do more with this life than I ever could. And so let me lay these broken pieces at your feet and see what you can do because I'm done. Dude, that kind of relationship is the one that I want to have. I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy that can just say, man, I, all this stuff is messed up and I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to defer to you, Lord. Because I know you know better than I could ever know. And you are more than I could ever be. Man, when we've got that kind of relationship, that real relationship, don't just pretend to love somebody. Really love them. And then some folks say, man, God doesn't love me or he wouldn't have let my loved one die. God doesn't love me or I wouldn't be sick, man. God doesn't love me or I wouldn't be in this financial mess. God doesn't love me. I wouldn't still be struggling with this addiction. God doesn't love me. I wouldn't be in this situation. God doesn't love me or whatever, man. And God showed his great love for you. That while we were still sinners, he died for us. And if he never does another thing for you in your entire life, that is more than enough. That's more than enough. That's the seal of the deal on the relationship right there. That's him extending his hand and saying, I love you. He did not even withhold his own son. Romans 8, right? If God is for us, who could be against us? Because he didn't even withhold his own son from us. You want to talk about investing in a relationship? You want to talk about investing in a relationship? Listen, I've said this before, but I just want to say it now. (laughs) I said to my youth group when I was still a youth pastor one day, I said, listen, and about 20 of them got saved. It was crazy. But I was like, listen, if a madman kicked open the door right now and said somebody in here has to die and I'll leave the rest alone, that I would volunteer. It's still true. If a crazy person kicked open the door right now and said somebody in here has to die, I'd volunteer. And those of you that know me know it's true. You know it's true. I wouldn't want to leave my family behind, but I know that I have a home in heaven and so do they. I'd volunteer. I'd say, take me. Without, without hesitation. Because my faith is strong enough to know that this is not the end. I, I really believe. what. Basically what I'm saying is that what I'm preaching up here, I really believe it. I really believe it. But if that same madman came in here, and said, I'll spare everybody in this room, preacher, but you got to give me your son. No. I know I've got three that look just alike, but still. I love every person in this room. I love you all. Even if I don't know you, I love you. And those that I, that I do have a relationship with, man, you know that my love, I love you genuinely with a real affection. But I'm not trading my son for you. Not, not even to save all of you. I'm just not. I'm not. I wouldn't. 
But God did. God did. You want to talk about investing in a relationship? You want to talk about investing in a relationship where he didn't even expect a return because he knows that most of us aren't even going to turn to him. But he gave up everything just for the few that would. Guys, that's real. Dude, that's where the rubber hits the road right there. That's real. He traded his perfect son for a broken down, messed up sinner like me. He gave his perfect son for, for a bunch of sinners that would spit in his face over and over and over and over and over again. For a bunch of people, you know, they did a study a while back and they, they asked a bunch of atheists, hey, if we could prove to you 100% that God was real, would you worship him? No. It's not a mind problem that we have. It's a heart problem. Because the relationships that we have in our life, they're not real. The world's trying to make everything so shallow that nothing matters anymore. They're trying to reduce the value of every relationship we have in our life till they mean nothing. And when, you, when your relationship you have with your children means nothing, they can kill them in the womb and no one cares. When your relationship you have with your spouse, when it means nothing, you can sign the divorce papers and no one cares. When the relationships that we have in our life mean nothing, nothing means anything. We were created to be in community. And when they've devalued that community down to the point where it means nothing, then we have nothing. And like I said before, how in the world can we have an intimate relationship with God that we can't see when we can't even have an intimate relationship with our spouses, with our children, with our families who we were connected with with blood from the beginning? and with people that we call our friends. And so I just wanna say this to you today. If you have a relationship in your life that means something to you, invest in it. Even if it costs you. No, especially if it costs you. Because real love is sacrificial love. And you know something means something to you when you're willing to give something up for it. And guys, if your relationship with God means something to you, invest in it. That last scripture I read says this. Hope and trust in our continual hope. Trust in our continual hope. Man, put your faith in God because if you get that relationship right, then every single one will fall into place. And be patient in trouble. Because, man, he knew we were going to have trouble. You know, he told his disciples, man, if you build your house on the rock, then when the storm come. Did he say if the storms come? No. When the storms come. One of my favorite scriptures is in the book of John in chapter 16 and verse 33. And the Bible says this, I'm telling you thing, these things so you can have peace. Because in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. Because I've overcome the world. 
Because if this relationship is real, I mean really real, then it overflows into every other relationship that we have. So yeah, like I said, invest in your, in your spouse and your kids and your friends and your family and your coworkers, but make it sure it starts here. Invest in this relationship above all others. Because those last two words, well, three words in this translation that I read to you in the book of Romans in chapter 12 just says this, keep on praying. Keep on praying. You know, I've been asked a couple of times this week because I've done a couple of funerals that were near and dear to our hearts. I had a couple of people ask me, why do we pray when God already knows what he's going to do anyway? It's a good question. I told one brother of mine that is near and dear to my heart this, man, a lot of times prayer is more for you than it is for God. The more we pray, the more we talk to him, the more we connect with him, the more we commune with him, to, with him the more opportunity that we have to get to that moment. That moment where we can say, not my will, but your will be done. And guys, if you mean that, there's nothing more powerful that you could ever pray. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are more than our thoughts. And his plan for you and your life is more incredible than you could ever, ever imagine. And so the way that I want to end this service is like this. Everybody stand to their feet, please. And we're just going to open up this altar. If you need to fix your relationship with God... And come and pray. If you need to ask him to give you something to invest in the relationships that you have in your life, come and pray. If you need to ask him to fix a relationship you have with a spouse, a parent, a child, a sibling, a friend, come and pray. If you need to ask him to restore a relationship that's been completely destroyed, to go ahead and click that spiritual unblock button, come and pray. But if you need to ask him just to give you something real, something you can hold on to, something that means something, something that matters in the midst of all this world that's oh so fake, come and pray. If you need a life preserver because you're drowning in a sea of darkness and sin and temptation, and you just need something real to grab onto, man. Come and pray. Come and pray. If you need me or Brent to pray with you, we'll be glad to. JR.
Yes. Over fear and all anxiety. The only name. To every soul held captive by depression. I speak Jesus. Jesus. Your name is power. Your name brings healing. Your name is life. God, help us be willing to trade in what's now for what's real. God, give us everything that we need. Help us overflow with your love so that we can invest into every relationship that means something to us. But more than that, God, help our connection with you be real. Not some Instagram, Snapchat garbage. God, help us connect with you in a real way to where we know that we'll have a return. God, I pray that the power of your love fills us and surrounds us and overwhelms us, God, so that when it matters most, we know that we have a friend in Jesus. We know that we are sons and daughters of a king, and that means something. We know that we're the family of God and the body of Christ, and that means something. God, I pray that we would love each other with a genuine affection. God, I pray that we would love what's good and hate what's evil. God, I pray that the power of your love is enough for us. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give God a shout of praise up in this place, can we?